Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Niler Nine podcast. It is Niall and Andrea. And on this episode, Andrea, I'm very excited. <laughs> I, know, I can see it in you, Niall. I'm, you are I'm visibly. You're beaming. I'm beaming. I'm my my voice you're is beaming. beaming. Um, and that's because on this episode, I'm we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subgenres in the entire world of music, and that subgenre is called Italo disco. And I'm going to start by playing uh, one of my favorite songs uh, and, and a song that gives will give you a good impression of uh, what Italo Disco is. Before I explain everything, um, here is a bit of a track from Kano called Another Life.
Okay, and that is an Italo Disco classic from uh, Kano, not to be confused with the UK artist Kano. Um, they are an Italian group uh, who were around from 79 to about 84, about the peak time of Italo, really. And Andrea, I know you've been listening to an Italo playlist that I sent you. <laughs> I have. A little bit. So you're a little bit, yeah. you're definitely familiar with the kind of sound it is. I'm sort of, you know, you know, when it's like, oh, did you do the homework? It's like, yeah, I did the homework. I did it. I don't fully understand it. That's what we're like here if, for. If, if, the, if the teacher was like, how, how did you get X minus four on this? I'd be like, I don't know, miss. I just, I just got it. But I enjoyed doing it. It was great. Good. Yeah. So Niall sent me a playlist that was, I think, cl- close to or slightly over eight hours. At least eight, yeah. That, um, was, yeah. yeah that we've been enjoying in the house here now. Good. That playlist is going to be shared with Patreon members this week. Actually, later today. Um, so by the time this episode is out, uh, Patreon members, so that's patreon.com forward slash 909, will get access to that 8 hour plus playlist featuring a lot of the songs I'm going to play here today and a lot of other ones. And I guess to answer your question, because actually it was really useful to me to go and research uh, Italo in its full form, because I, I thought I knew what Italo was, and I think I do still, but it, the, the truth about Italo is... It's not really one thing. And, mm. you know, even the fact that it's called Italo, you know, you think, okay, it's, it's music of Italian origin. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, generally speaking, Italo disco is a European form of electronic disco that proliferated through Europe, uh, starting with a lot of Italian artists and labels, really. It was quite a lot of them. But it's really a catch-all term for an 80s electronic pop of danceable style that was mostly of Italian origin but didn't just mean that and in terms of the sound of the music you know one of the things there's a a Vice article that's worth uh, having a look at it's called uh, A Bullshitter's Guide to Italo Disco by Angus Harrison oh I read that it's very good so the first uh, a description of Italo in uh, Harrison's words is imagine if you can if somebody made a B-movie of the entire disco genre music so obviously emotional it becomes inescapably affecting this is italo and it's heartstring pulling magic it's not disco in fact in most cases it's technically a lot worse but there is an untold <laughs> charm in the chintz so you know for a lot of people italo is that kind of very fun guilty pleasure music a tasteless kind of novelty item and um, what i love about italo is it doesn't take itself very seriously it's very much like a particular strain of pop music 80s synth pop music that just is unabashedly romantic and over the top and is effortlessly in its own way cool and you know hermetically sealed in its own world Mm. and that's what we're going to focus on here but before we get to that I'm going to kind of talk to you a little bit about like you know it's a simple music in a time when music was increasingly sophisticated so even when you're looking back now you're like oh the 80s you're like no this was a like Italo was a time capsule of, an, of a more innocent time almost of like bad. So dan- are we talking early 80s here or yeah. was so it late, kind of getting ready to jump off yeah. in the late 70s? So I'm going to give you a full disco. history of Italo and, and we're going to go from the decline of disco into Italo from the late 70s mm. to the early 80s. So, you know, it's a, like a time capsule of an innocent time in bad dancers. We had guitars, lots of mustaches and people dressed up like chrome and silver. What happened with disco in america as we all know and disco became very saturated 
a bit of a parody of itself as genres sometimes do the major labels got really really got in on the disco vibe kiss and rolling stones were making kind of disco novelty records then you had the likes of saturday night fever which was obviously a huge smash which accelerated both its popularity and its ubiquity and also, you know, kind of started its decline in terms of disco music. And obviously... Did- I have just a little aside on Saturday Night Fever. I once was uh, staying up late and was flicking around the channels. And as you do, you come across a film late on Film 4 or TG Car, And it was um, Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was going to be Saturday Night Fever. And I put it on. <laughs> And it wasn't Saturday Night Fever. It was a whole different film. No, it so definitely that's is. The story a different film. Of how I haven't seen Saturday Night <laughs> okay. Fever, but I have seen Boogie Nights. Okay. Well, <laughs> actually, I do have some trivia about uh, Saturday Night Fever. Did you know, Dre, that mm. Saturday Night Fever? No, I know nothing. <laughs> okay. Did you know this is it's 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 a rhetorical question? You know what that's um, that Saturday Night Fever is based on a 1976 article by a writer from Derry. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting aside, the writer was called Nick Cohen, and he was an interesting guy. Uh, from Derry originally moved to England and then wrote an article all about um, the disco clubs of of New York. 20 years later, in 1996, Cohen revealed the article to be a complete com- fabrication based only <sighs> on club goers he knew from England. In the early 80s, he was indicted on drug trafficking charges for importing four million worth of Indian heroin. So, <laughs> All of that is, is, uh, is amazing and it chimes, not the drug trafficking bit, but the, the other bit where you just make up stuff. I've always wanted to publish a review of an album that doesn't exist and see can it get past people <laughs> Do you know what I mean <laughs> just like describe a rock album in like the most generic form possible or a disco album or whatever it might be what, whatever is of the time maybe right now it would be like a post-rock album from some Dublin band that yeah. just doesn't exist yeah oh, that's so good. yeah have, have to respect that <laughs> very good um so you know obviously disco was a music rooted in uh, very much a black origin and as it started to morph into the mainstream there were a lot of heterosexual rock and roll white men types who were very threatened by disco. You know, disco was music that was playful, free and open, very gay friendly as well. And then, of course, the the very well-known night where the disco demolition night um, was, if you excuse the pun, a fuel for the decline of disco in America and a rejection of its style, audience and sound. It's also said to be quite you know, there was undercurrents or maybe even overtones of, of racism and homophobia in that in that whole thing. Basically, if you don't know, Disco Demolition Night was a was happened at a baseball game in 1979 at Comiskey Park in Chicago. And the, uh, everybody was encouraged to bring their disco records to burn them. And it, the whole thing ended in a riot. Uh, the, yeah, the creative disco records were blown up. Uh, on the field between the games. Sorry, it was two games and between the two games uh, and one of the, the second game had to be abandoned and the Chicago White Sox had to forfeit the game because this went so uh, mad. But basically, there was a lot of backlash about disco at the time in America. And, you know, at the time, disco would have been coming out of America and, you know, being heard in European circles. And as disco was declining in America, what was really happening is that the white populations of Europe were embracing disco and then starting to morph it into more electronic disco. And we see that now in, say, places like Germany and and uh, the Benelux countries. There was a style of music called Schlager, which is very much like sentimental ballads, very much crooning 
kind of music, very mm. light, very poppy, but also very nice. It kind of, I mean, I haven't looked too much into it, but it kind of reminds me of like, like listening to Johnny Logan or something like that. That's what it would be like. Oh, a bit, okay. bit of that kind of music. So it wasn't exactly dance music tempo. So that's where Italo kind of um, starts to establish itself because a lot of people were importing disco records from the US and as that was declining, you know, it was there was still an audience for it in Europe. So as a result, you know, what happened was the imports were becoming expensive and it was the there was records becoming rare and rare. You know, we couldn't they couldn't get disco. So they started to make disco and and instead of making pure disco with full bands, they were making disco made with synthesizers and drum machines. So Euro Disco was already happening in places like France and Germany. And even like we think about Voulez-vous by ABBA, right? And like Voulez-vous by ABBA is, a, is essentially a Euro Disco song. You know, it's very, it's 1979. It's kind of around that time. Okay, so we talked not too long ago about um, Daft Punk and their legacy on this podcast. Well, we did mention maybe that uh, Thomas Bangalter's dad, uh, Daniel Vanguard, wrote and produced material for a lot of disco records, and uh, including the Gibson Brothers and Ottoman. So um, just to stop by in um, France for a second, here is Ottoman uh, with D-I-S-C-O, a French-made uh, record involving Thomas Bangalter's dad. Okay, you probably know that song. Most people probably know that song in some way. That was a 1979 track. Um, but a couple of years before, in France, there was a French producer called Cerrone, and uh, he had a third album out called Supernature, which was released September 1977. And the title track was a big hit. And you can kind of hear now how this song starts to morph from the kind of old disco of America into a disco of Europe as you start to hear more electronic tones and very much that kind of style. So let's hear a bit of Supernature by Sauron. Just down below. Oh. 
Okay, that was Supernature by Saron. You may have heard uh, the really like Saron's music was really more of a kind of a space disco, and this was something that was happening around the same time. Space disco, as the name suggests, very spacious, kind of open, chugging rhythms. Like it has disco elements, the more of the pew pew sounds and that kind of stuff, um, and often cheesy lyrics about space aliens sci-fi or travel you know so it was a lot of that kind of stuff mm. it was a very you know particular strand of of the disco in europe that came out afterwards and a lot of it was european but at the same time in germany a mustachioed italian producer called giovanni giorgio Moroto was beginning to make a name for himself his 1976 album nights in satin white satin was the bridge between the styles of disco and electro pop and here is the kind of you can kind of hear this now. I'm going to play a song from the 1976 album called "Play." I want to funk with you tonight. that's still still very much you know the classic disco sound as well you can hear the classic disco band sound there and um, a year later he would release moroder would release an album called from here to eternity which really embraced the synthesizer sound so here's a song called los angeles from that album which you can hear the difference So that is Los Angeles from Marauders from Here to Eternity 1977 album. You're going to hear the more synthesized sounds on that track. Um, a year later, Marauder is making a name for himself internationally and in America as well. He was actually soundtracked the film Midnight Express and one of the most famous tracks he released uh, was on that soundtrack called Chase. And this is what it sounds like. Okay, so Moroto was making a name for himself. Things were going quite well. And he was starting to collaborate and produce with a lot of different people. Um, And then in 1977, the same year that uh, From Here to Eternity was released, he actually, he's based in Munich at the time, and he hooked up with Donna Summer and and recorded one of the all-time classic records and a song that maybe changed dance music forever, which, of course, is called I Feel Love.
Okay, obviously that is an absolute classic. It went at the time, it was, uh, you know, even quite groundbreaking. And it went on to be, even in the UK singles charts in July 1977, it was four weeks at the top of number one. And uh, here is uh, Marauder talking about making this song. I had this big modular mug and I had uh, my guy and I said, okay, I don't know how to start, but let's start with the bass line. We put a click on, I could play dun, 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 and then obviously speed it up or down. And then when we mix it down, the original was dun, 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 dun. And uh, Jürgen Koppers, my, my sound engineer, added a delay and suddenly it sounded I said, oh, that's a whole new... That yeah. was the key moment. The song was done without a melody because you cannot compose and, and tweet at the same time. So when it was done, I started to sing the melody and then Donna obviously so wrote the lyrics and sang it. here we are, we're coming to this kind Sorry, of just to say, I really wasn't expecting him to sound so much like Werner Herzog. Oh God, I look at listen to Georgia Marauder talk all day. So, <laughs> he so sounds fun. exactly he's, like Herzog. He's on, he's on the Georgia Marauder on the Daft Punk album, you know, Random Access. He's good, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's so good. Um, I love listening to him. So, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of, like, European-made electronic disco at the same time, right? But then what comes after in America, which is, you know, parallel to that, um, there is a genre of music which does have a bearing on what we're getting to, which is, you know, the Italo sound. And after disco's kind of decline, you know, the clubs were still rocking, the DJs were still doing their thing, you know, they were still really important. And a sound called high energy became a very dominant sound of the white, mostly white, gay clubs in New York, London and San Francisco in the early 80s. It was faster music, as it, as it sounds. Um, it was aided by an increased use of amphetamines and uh, cocaine on the dance floor. It was less funky than disco, while being more reliant on electronic instrumentation. It was campier, sleazier and more knowing. You've got then, like a couple of, I'll give you a few examples of this. This is a, this is a song which... Um, coined the uh, genre name this is uh, Evelyn Thomas and it's called High Energy High Energy Your love is lifting me oh, oh, High Energy Your love is lifting me Lifting me high, oh, So it's kind of fast, it's fun, it's um, a bit more, you can hear they're a bit more synthesized. It still has the classic mm. kind of mostly female vocal, um, but there are two artists. It sounds like we're getting closer to what we're talking about. Yeah, now. so that's it. So yeah. there's a lot of that kind of like almost fist pumping uh, bass lines going on. Um, two artists that really kind of really define uh, the high energy. Well, there's a lot of producers as well. Uh, Patrick Cowley and Bobby O in particular uh, the latter of which we'll we'll mention it a bit. Um, uh, so they were also involved in this. But two of the artists you would know, uh, one, Sylvester, uh, who was behind the hit You Make Me Feel Mighty Mighty Real and uh, really a huge, huge uh, high energy track that really crossed over. And, you know, 
Sylvester was a more androgynous out gay artist and very much uh, groundbreaking at the time. And at the same time, there was an artist called Divine who was a drag artist and cult movie star who starred in a lot of John Waters films at the time and mm. had a lot of tracks out like this. This is a called uh, Shoot Your Shot. Okay, that is the extended version of Shoot Your Shot by Divine. And, you know, you're, what you're hearing there is very much the, a very close analogy to what we'll get to shortly in terms of the Italo sound. Like other associate artists, high energy with the likes of the Pointer Sisters, uh, a Canadian act called Lime, the Weather Girls, and uh, as I mentioned, the producers, Patrick Cowley and Bobby O. And the latter produced, Bobby O was also known as Bobby Orlando. He produced a lot of Italo adjacent acts, like the one of them is one of my favorites called The Flirts. And they were an ever evolving uh, roster of female session mu- uh, singers and models who basically fronted or sang with the band and would do a lot of choreography kind of stuff. Songs are very fun though. This is a song called Passion from the Flirts. <laughs> So that is high energy and all of this, including the post-disco stuff, the Euro disco, electro pop, all of this kind of music was feeding into the sound of what was the umbrella term now that we know as Italo. And really there were kind of two strains of Italo music, um, a lot of like old school disco uh, kind of musicians and composer producers, like even the likes of Marauder who were making that kind of music, space disco and very much Italo adjacent music. But then the the one the second strand that I'm going to focus on here for the rest of the episode is a very particular uh, strand because they were all producers who didn't really have a huge amount of equipment or experience. If anything, they were just throwing stuff out there, making as much as possible. They were getting singers in to do whatever they were. They were having multiple aliases. They were singing in bad English accents over uh, fun bass lines and synths, and uh, it's almost like the sound of an imagined world that exists in America somewhere. It's like, that's what a lot of seems to be. Italo is trying to filter in its music, like what, like driving in an open top car uh, with your sunglasses on and with, with your girl by your side. There's a bit of that kind of thing going on. So let's get into the characteristics of, you know, I think to say the other thing about Italo is that it really wasn't led by any big name artists or artists with long mm. careers or discographies in the way that Marauder was. It was very much like, these chancers who were like producers and they were just trying to do what they could. A lot of one hit wonders or no hit wonders as well. So really, I'm going to play some tracks now to really characterize the Italo Disco that I'm talking about. Italo Disco encompasses a lot of what we just discussed there. But specifically, um, 
many Italo, and these are the Italo tracks that I'm going to focus on because we can get into a bit later on and why Italo has changed and what, what that could be and all that stuff. But so most of the Italo production of that era from 1979 onwards, but really in late, early 80s um, and made from Italian labels, they had electronic drums or drum machines playing a very four on the floor rhythm. They had synthesizers that sound like kind of bright, fun sirens. They had electronic uh, pulsing bass lines that sound like they're flexing their biceps. And I actually think, I've never asked bicep the Belfast Geo about this, but I kind of feel they used to do uh, Italo nights and... I think there's a lot about the bass lines in Ita- in Italo music that makes you want to like flex your biceps. That's what a lot of it is mm. to me. It, it kind of sounds, it's a bit camp and it's very fun and that's the kind of thing it makes you want to do. Um, and then generally the vocals are quite overwrought, romantic gestures, maybe a bit uh, misla- mistranslated from the original English or not really quite sure where it goes. It's all sung in English mostly. So here are some examples of the rhythm, bass line and synth combo that I'm talking about here. This is, uh, I'm going to play a few tracks for you here. This is uh, Max Him and Lady Fantasy. So that is Max Him, Lady Fantasy, that has that pulsing uh, bass line. It has the kind of siren synthesizers and that real four-to-floor rhythm. Here's another one. This song was actually number two in Ireland in 1983. It's called uh, Dolce Vita by Ryan Paris. We're living like in a Dolce Vita. That is uh, one of my favourite songs of maybe all time. <laughs> that is uh, Ryan Paris and Dolce Vita. Up next is a song from Mr. Flagio, a very much a DJ favourite called uh, Take a Chance and very much encapsulating all of those things together as well here. <laughs> Oh, 
So again, I mean, especially in the lyrics there, like it makes no sense. It's like the first line is, oh, what you're going to be. And then keep it stronger, keep it stronger. I got to know. It's like, you don't really know what, what the hell they're talking about, but uh, it still yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. And that was from 1980. Five years later, this song came out. This is from Cleo. It's called Faces. I love this song. Right, and then we come to maybe the biggest and most recognizable song in uh, that is associated with Italo and kind of, you know, towards the end of Italo music is uh, this song by Sabrina, which most people will know. It is called Boys Summertime Love. Uh, it was a big, massive hit. And here we go. Boys. Boys. So that's Sabrina with Boys, one of the biggest uh, songs of that era, 1987 that was. The song topped its charts in France, where it became the first number one single by an Italian singer and uh, peaked at number five in uh, places like Ireland, Germany, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, Sweden, Austria, Belgium and Finland. So as you can hear there, that's very much like a finessed pop version of what we were hearing before. And uh, clearly a lot of people may know that song and the video as well. It was it was played on TV at the time and uh, she got her baps out basically. Yeah, this is the video that I said to you. It's, it's like a time capsule for or the comments on it. Are like yeah, I never looked at the comments misogyny. before. Yeah. Oh man, there's a, there was one comment on it that was like boobs can be seen at and then it was like 10 different timestamps and it's just like oh, okay, yeah. And it wasn't commented that long ago either and it's just like, hmm, man, have I got some websites for you. Do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, that's an absolute jam though yeah it is and I want to focus a bit now just a little bit on a very particular kind of thing that happens in Italo uh, first of all I mean I talked about the not kind of nonsensical overwrought mistranslated uh, music and lyrics stuff specifically I'm going to play a song called Hey Hey Guy which is one of the first Italo songs that I heard and uh, it's from a guy called Ken Laszlo and uh, this will give you an example of kind of like how it, it doesn't it's English but it doesn't really make sense so here's Hey Hey Guy that is hey hey guy and uh, i brought this up because i said earlier on that um you know a lot of the producers had a lot of pseudonyms and stuff like that where they were just throwing out tracks and no one really knew and they were just trying to make money so this guy ken laszlo uh an italian disco singer uh i'm gonna name out some of the uh pseudonyms that he have because he has some incredible ones and there are so many so he he also went by the name dj nrg throwback to mm. high energy um, he also went by the name Danny Keith Ricky Maltese Rick Fellini Alvin Rocky Custer Francis Cooper Jeff Driller Franz Tornado Jungle Bill Remy Panther Lucky Boy Gordon Jim Billy the Butcher Cuckoo Nikki K Mr. Beat Otello De Niro Tommy B. Waters and my favourite of all Michael Dream <laughs> <laughs> so this is something Tag that happened yourself, that. I'm Franz Tornado. Yeah. Um, and as something else, I want to play something that you hear a lot in Italo that you may recognize if you listen to the playlist that we send out. Um, and that is a repeating kind of vocal line. A lot of Italo uses kind of very similar chord progressions and similar bass lines. Obviously, it's very that much that rubbery bass line. So there's a very particular thing that you'll hear in, I'm going to play these um Three songs, actually, but two of them are the same version, but I'll play this um, to show you what I mean. Okay, so here is, from 1984, this is a song from Raph called Self Control, okay? So that oh oh line is something that is often used in Italian music, and the very same year actually that song um had, was became a huge hit for the American artist Laura Branigan, um with the same same song Self Control, and this is what her version sounded like. It's it's a, one of my favorite songs, and this is um her take on Self Control. And I should say, you'll hear the same vocal line. I'm going to skip forward to the bridge now so you can hear this. 
So a lot of the artists use that same melody. Here's another one from Eddie Huntington called USSR. So that was Eddie Huntington, USSR. Are you feeling like you're understanding a bit more about Italo now, Andrea? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I'm I'm definitely hearing um, why it all sounds so similar, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, the, th- the thing was when I was listening to the, through the playlist, I was like, yes, there was a, a hell of a lot of similarity here. And yes, a lot of the lyrics are like in the vein of kind of nonsensical earnestness. Um but I don't really mind it. Yeah. Do you know? There's, there's, it's kind of... It's yeah. Kind of, there's um, something about it that is enduring for me, even though it's like, it can be very samey. And uh, I don't know what it is. I think it's mm. just so... It's catchiness and it's fun actually takes over any kind of criticism you I can think, have about it. I think for me... I think what it is for me, it's like, there's a sort of like an adolescent glee about it. Like it's so unashamed of its own enthusiasm yeah and and uh, even for its own like source material it's it's that kind of like earnest good time of disco the escapism of the dance floor it's all about the community and it kind of moves so far past its own cheesiness that it kind of yeah becomes it's something else entirely it loops back around and becomes something else yeah it takes that thing that disco did so well which it was to kind of almost politicize the idea of having a good time like have having a good time as an act of like yeah. resistance i think there was there was a quote from um georgia marauder that i that i came across and he said i think it would be stupid for us to try and tell people who are dancing in a discotheque about the problems of the world this is the very thing they've come away to avoid and i like that that's yeah. um that's yeah. it, it, it it's escape it, it purely escape you know you know yeah and it's funny you mentioned yeah. uh, adolescent because um there was actually a, a group called baby's gang and uh, mm. they were basically 13 uh, teenagers uh paired up with an, an italo disco producer and made a song called challenger which is on that playlist actually it sounds like this <laughs> As Baby's Gang with Challenger. So I want to just talk a bit about the origins of the actual name itself. Um, as I said, Italo really became a catch-all name for music that was uh, electronic disco kind of music from the from Europe in the late 70s, early 80s. But a lot of this was down to um, a few different uh, facts. In Germany, as early as 1978, uh, they had a compilation on the KTEL label called Otalo Top Hits in 1978 first volume of italo super hits on the areola label as well i think in the same year and then in italy 
a, a label that became very instrumental in the um, formation of Italo as a, as a movement or as a genre is the is ZYX and that label uh, began licensing and marketing music outside Italy in 1982 and helped popularize it further afield certainly in 1983 it well what it did it, it did a lot of released a lot of compilations called the Italo Disco Boot um, volumes I think there's like I don't know how many there is I, I don't know if it's in the 10s or 20s at this point but um it would always have the Italy uh, map on the front. And uh, mm. so in 1983, like it, it released Mr. Flaggio, Take a Chance, uh, Baby's Gang, Happy Song, um, Doctors, uh, Cat Feel the Drive and Savage Don't Cry Tonight. Just four tracks on 7-inch that were released that year that were very much like Italo classics. I think if you allow me to indulge for a minute, I'm going to just play a few more tracks um, from uh, my favourite kind of tracks that didn't really fit anywhere else. There was a duo from Milan called La Bionda, who were Carmelo and Michelangelo La Bionda. Um, they made very catchy, fun music. And this is uh, a song from them called I Want to Be Your Lover, which is probably my favorite. It's not quite the same as the other stuff. It's a bit more individual. It's a bit more uh, freer. It's not as rigid as the Italo that we just played, but I really love this song. Kind of a bit more space disco-y. Make contact. Riding in a spaceship, 1984. Picking up a signal, never heard before. Wanna be your lover. So that is a song I own on 7-inch that I absolutely adore. Um, and then Le Bionda then went on to make a song, another one of my favourite songs from the era, from a duo called Rigira. They produced this track. This is called Vamos a la Playa, Let's Go to the Beach.
So it was Regera, Vamasala player singing in Spanish. A couple more I want to play because um, this is kind of indicating maybe the the fade out from disco, uh, Italo disco into what happened. And actually, you know, what's happened with these songs is that a lot more of these songs are actually now considered, you know, very cool songs to play, mm. very cool, like DJ classics kind of thing. So here's a song from Doctor's Cat called Feel the Drive. So like this this song Feel the Drive and this next song are tracks you might hear in like on a boiler room these days. Do you know what I mean? This is from Charlie. Mm-hmm. This is called uh, Spacer Woman. So as you can hear there, the songs are very much kind of morphing into more recognizable uh, dance music textures. They're kind of a bit more housey, they're a bit more electronic, a bit more electro kind of. So uh, this would also happen basically at the decline of Italo, as you'd expect. You know, there's only so much of this kind of music you can make before people stop really paying attention to it. Um, And it starts to morph from this kind of, that kind of uh, very pure Italo disco pop sound into a Italo kind of house sound, as you can hear there. Another track uh, is from uh, here is actually an American and an Italian producer, I believe, Klein and MBO. So this is, uh, yeah, they were... Mario um, Boncaldo from Italy and Tony Carrasco from the United States. And this song became quite a uh, influential track uh, that influenced early house music. This is MBO theme from Klein and MBO. So an Italian-American duo, um, they had a song out then I called Dirty Talk, which is where a lot of people say it was one of the first Chicago house tracks because it was played by underground uh, house DJs in Chicago at the time. This is what that sounds like. (laughs) 
And then you can start to hear the differences now between the pure kind of pops down stuff and the more cooler dancey underground stuff. So this is Alexander Robotnik and Problems D'Amour. Okay, so that's kind of really the end of the Italo disco that we're going to cover. I mean, obviously, it did have a lot of, uh, it did have a fair amount of longevity, but also, you know, it changed and morphed and then even went back back to the UK. Like, you know, you will hear, say, uh, a good example is the New Order, um, Shep Pettibone remixes. A lot of the uh, remixes of True Fate, for example, is basically an it- very much an Italo version. Like, this is True Fate, the Shep Pettibone 12-inch. So also what was happening after Italo was that, you know, what was big in the UK by 1986, Doc Aitken and Waterman, uh, pop producers with high commercial success, were also beginning to corner the market by repurposing that kind of high energy in Europop sound for a preteen audience. Um, the likes of uh, Dead or Alive, um, they produce records for Dead or Alive, Rick Astley, Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan. Actually, it's funny because um, I was listening to one of the songs I did send you, um, Boom Boom, which is the heartthrob guy. So it's Paul Lukakis. Listen to this one now. This basically sounds like a Dead, Dead or Alive song. So really not a, a long way away from you spin me right around or uh, yeah, you like it really doesn't sound too far away from that, does it? No, that was one of the songs on the playlist. I, I was actually only listening to that a little while before coming on to record the podcast. Yeah. And that was one of the ones that I did find myself kind of throwing my eyes to heaven about the, yeah, uh, yeah. About the lyrics in it. I was just like, oh, God, oh lads, yeah. this, this one's a little bit on the nose, actually. Yeah, Here's Dead or Alive, you spin me around just over So while, you know, Italo in many ways didn't really have a, it did have a kind of a stop, but it did kind of go on to influence uh, those kind of acts. A lot of that kind of uh, stock ache and Waterman stuff, it blended Italo and classic pop and Motown stuff together. Um, and that would kind of came after the Italo period from 1987 up to the early 90s. But there is one song, Andrea, that before we finish that I would like to um, finish with because it makes the most sense. And that is... 
the nine or nine team song podcast team song oh because it i did first originally hear it on an italo disco compilation and um, called uh, from strut called essential italian disco classics from 1977 to 85 it is by the Red Dragon Band, uh, the song is called Let Me Be Your Radio. And it originally came out in 1980. It's more of a disco song, really, than a true Italo song. But it is arranged by a guy called Fred Ferrari. So, uh, to refresh your memory. People ask me what the song, what the theme song is. Yeah, like, so. Quite often. You've so, probably, you've all yeah, heard the start. Here, here it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you've all heard the start. It is a uh, Red Dragon Band, Let Me Be Your Radio. Let's skip ahead a bit. So uh, the funny thing about this, and I'm going to play this for you now, this will be the last song I'm going to finish with, and it will actually uh, be the end of our Italo Disco uh, love-in for me. Um, so the original version of this song is actually really fast, and it's very disconcerting when you hear it for the first time. You're like, because I, I heard this version first, and it was slowed down for the compilation, I think, because it's mostly for DJs. But the this version here, the original one, is like super fast. It's like it's trying to stop, like trying to get to the end quicker. Here we go. No, it's bothering me. <laughs> it makes me feel weird. So yeah, I think the the newer version is. A bit Hello, more and welcome to the Nine Nine Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This week on the Nine Nine yeah. Podcast, I'm joined by guests. Very curious. <laughs> no, that is no. That actually genuinely made me feel a bit odd. There, I think yeah. our, our podcast would be a, a whole different energy had we gone with the original. <laughs> <laughs> So, thank you <laughs> for allowing me to indulge in the Italo uh, oh, genre. Um, one of my I've learned to so much. In. I have a couple of questions. Go if you uh, if, if, if you're them. opening the floor to some questions. Yeah, uh, the first is so when I was listening to it, it does seem because it's it's sort of it's sort of a a nothing genre in that it encompasses so much. It there's no yeah. real hard steadfast it's rules. It's I'm an umbrella term. You, yeah, yeah. It's an umbrella term. I'm wondering if you, if you could give me an example of two songs that 
fall under Italo disco, but they sound very, very different to each other. <laughs> See, a lot uh, of it. Do... Are there any that come hmm. to mind? Okay. I'm kind of. I, I'm. I'm curious about the kind of spectrum. Like how how far into maybe house can you go, oh. uh, or how far back into disco can you go while it's still un- under that umbrella? Yeah, okay. Um, let me see now. You'll have to give me a second here, look at this playlist and see if any of them really jump out to me here. Um, I have put you on the spot. No, that's fine. Um, so, I think, I think, like, when it gets kind of towards the later era i mean there's cert- certainly some tracks like that red dragon band is is uh is essentially a disco song an upbeat disco song mm. it's, a, it's not really an italo song but it is often lumped in with italo mm. and do you think it's it's lumped in because of the vocals in it because of something else i noticed in a lot of yeah. the songs not all of them but there there are it's kind of group vocals yeah um or else vo- vocals kind of Bright overlaid and to, cheery. to make it sound yeah. but but more specifically I mean to make it sound like it's a group of people singing or a yeah. group of people chanting. Let me um here here's a later track now, Moscow Disco by Telex, which is often called an Italo song. Let me see you play this for a second. Like that's essentially a craft work track, you know? Yeah. That's a 1979 track, actually. Mm. And then I like the great thing. What I love about Tano is that I'm still discovering the music. I'm still discovering tracks from it. Here is a track I only heard yesterday for the first time. I added to the playlist yesterday. It's called "Children of the 80s by Le Rubrique, and I love this because it just has a bit more sparkle in the production and a bit more. It's very similar, really. And here is a song, here's an, kind of an earlier one. I would have included this originally in my Italo Disco playlist. It's by Advance. It's called Take Me to the Top, but it's very much like uh, the bridge between disco and that. The thing is now, there are people who are still making yeah. music that is inspired by um, Italo. And like, if you like Purple Disco mm. Machine is one of the biggest um, uh, dance music artists in the I'd last I'd even argue that um, years. Justice's uh, yeah, they were main single, D-A-N-C-E, is definitely, there's kind of a, yeah, a thread absolutely. there that you can definitely make. Yeah. Um, and the kind of the French house that came a little bit later. Um, so certainly, I'm sure had some roots in in that sort of um, yeah Euro centric sort of uh, sort of sound. Absolutely. Um, something else I wanted to ask you about was uh, women and female DJs and producers. Mm. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of them. No, there I... wasn't. It didn't doesn't seem like there was a lot. They were mainly the um, 
the perform the kind of vocalists yeah. and uh, the the face of it. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I, I I did look through some of the kind of music videos, and I mean, as we mentioned a little while ago, it does seem to be a bit. Yeah. Heavy on the L male gaze, um, and also heavy on the male gaze as well. It 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 is a kind of a a a, a homoerotic like male genre, Absolutely, but yeah. also a lot of a lot of straight men are into it. One of the songs I was thinking of there to answer your previous question was uh, "Neutron Dance" by uh, Crystal Clear. It's very much like a an Italo disco kind of track, you know. But as mm. as regards to the the your your second question, I don't know the answer to that because yeah, I it's don't just know interesting that because you know if if you were to take any other genre and like I'll I'll probe into it a little bit more because I'm now I'm now really interested in in kind of what what it's like, um. But if you were to put you know punk music and women or yeah. any other genre and women, I mean I'm sure I'm sure it would throw up uh, better results than. Uh, my girlfriend doesn't like a tallow disco. Yeah, there, I actually found this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A it's, a, it's a really surprising to me. Yeah, well, like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, a tallow disco is an old music. So to to know about um, whether there's a community around it that it was embracing or encouraging women is it's probably hard to ask, answer, to be yeah. honest. Um, yeah, it's very odd. But I mean, I know that like the likes of Bicep put on an Italo disco night. I'd love to go to one of them. And I don't think, mm. I think that's just a classic a record collector nerd vibes. No matter what the genre is, they would be saying that. Um, because yeah. like, I think Italo is a very, it's like, like, it's not, it's not something that you'd ever notice from like going to nights or anything that it's, it's not a kind of a welcoming place for women. Because it, 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 what I, I, I think what surprised me so much is just that this music is so like, not macho <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. it's like it's so incredibly camp that it's really weird to me that there would be a group of men on the internet asking whether or not it's for women it's just really really odd yeah I'm like yeah I don't know yeah, yeah. but one wanted to kind of um well that's it out of this go so yeah if you want access thank to... you so much that was amazing no I've, I'm like I have uh I've liked some of the I've liked the songs but what, what do you call it like hearted them on uh, yeah, yeah. on like Spotify them, yeah. Yeah. and now I have them and um, because as as you know and as the listeners probably know as well I don't listen to a lot of upbeat music so it's actually been really lovely yeah. to like lean into this this week it's been great great um yeah I like that play- playlist if you want access to it, it's patreon.com forward slash nine or nine that'll be up there now in the uh, members area um so eight hours plus of italo disco to enjoy i love italo like i said i'm still discovering the, the music i'm still discovering uh songs from the era and because of that so yeah like italo was just such a sunny kind of music for me and that's what i associated with like good times sunshine that kind of thing mm. so that's why i love it so much and that's why i think it's it's for everybody it's like it's everyone can understand it everyone can dance to it it's very fun um, it's mostly about happy-go-lucky topics that are very much, you know, they're not, they don't, there's not. It's not that, it's like, it's the definition of it's not that deep, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, just, exactly. it's not that deep, bro. Yeah. Um, but, but the music is, the music is really rich and it has this really interesting history and it has this interesting kind of relationship with disco that came before it and with like a more kind of European house musics that came after it. It feels like a kind of a, a very strange moment in time yeah. when kind of all sense of 
like seriousness just kind of flew out the window. Um, maybe in in response to the like over serious rock dudes who are like, no, disco's dead. We should kill disco, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, we're going to make disco, but more, uh, yeah. <laughs> which I like. And I and I think I do, I, I lean more into the, the kind of pew pew um, sounds. I like uh, the, the, the sounds that I really liked on the playlist were ones where, where it sounded like groups Mm. Uh, singing like that that song that you played with the, the, uh, the, with the teenagers gang. yeah Lo- I loved that one I, st- I starred that one I really liked that one I like any of the kind of pew pew spacey stuff and I like any of the ones that aren't sung in the English language there's one that was sung in um, Spanish I think and my housemate who speaks who speaks Spanish so it sort of like laughed near me in the kitchen was like they're basically just saying I have no money I have no money yeah 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 <laughs> which is like no tango de nero yeah 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 dinero. Oh. yeah <laughs> Yes, that's, I was that's just laughing. Gear, I was like, because I, because I, I, I don't speak Spanish, so it just kind of went over my head. And she was like, "They're just saying I have no money," and I was like, "They have no money. That's yeah. I have no money. They I have feel no that money. we all have no money. Yeah, yeah. None of us have money. Yeah. Well, yeah. that means you might, you may need to uh, access your space disco uh, part of your brain and and listen to stuff like that. You know, uh, I think I do. The space disco plays. That's more the pew pew sounds. And really, I mean, mm. it's so many like like the likes of Todd Turge and Purple Disco Machine. And I do like Todd Turge. There's so much of that that is inspired by this kind of music that we're talking about here, like the Crystal Clear mm. Neutron Dance song we said. There's a lot of it out there and there's still people making this kind of music, you know, in, in some capacity and some way. Um, and a lot of the music I would play out in clubs uh, when, when that does happen is that kind of music that has that kind of vibe, like loads of those kind of remixes and stuff like that it's still very very influential and still out there mm. and um, I think it's because it's so fun it's it, that's why it, it comes back and uh, people are inspired to you know edit it or make it new for the dance floor it's uh, yeah I just love it I just love it and I, I will listen to Italo till I die I'm just like love this music I think it's so much fun and it's like for me it's like pure dance pop and that's what I love about it and it's never even though it, it's a moment in time and it all it sounds dated but it sounds but it's enthusiasm and it's rich uh richness and it's it's disposition is so sunny that I'm just like I love this I love this I can listen mm. to this all day so and I have been all week <laughs> join us next week when we flip this format and I talk to Niall for uh, an hour and a half about sad, sad indie guitar music so, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking I'm not putting anybody through that <laughs> good vibes only alright Andrea thank you so much for uh, allowing me to indulge my uh, Italo Disco side and thank uh, you, I'm Niall. currently wearing my Italo Disco t-shirt from Turbo it's Island it's quite so, the t-shirt so very good um, enjoyed that yeah patreon.com forward slash 99 if you want access to the playlist and uh, Andrea, in the meantime, thanks very much. Anything you'd like to plug? Um, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I have a review of the For Those I Love album uh, on the Journal of Music. It came out yesterday as you listen. Um, you can good. go and read it if you like. And that's it, I think. That's all. Yep. Great. Okay. Lovely stuff. That's brilliant. Yeah. Should should we should we uh, play out by by playing our our theme song? But maybe. Slightly more of it than people are used to hearing. Oh yeah, why not? Okay, sure. Let's finish with Red Dragon Band and Let Me Be Your Radio, our uh, the Nine Nine podcast theme song. Bye. Bye.
destination in, just turn it on, y'all be gone. Just turn to me, just a guest. FM here stands for female.